0: No 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 no. Yeah, I'm a fucking reject. No 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 no. Yeah, I'm a fucking reject. No no no. Hey, what I thought was your girl Constance, and I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of fucking rejects. Now today I got the honor and the pleasure to get a couple people in the studio with me and I I sat with Rafael Rapio and Cody Abdal of KO Art. They actually did the prints for Baron Claiborne's exhibition, King of New York that's up until March 30th over at the Bishop Gallery. Please go check it out. They did a really amazing job. They do large format. They busted it out wildly quick. And they're, they're uh, based over in Switzerland. They have a really great story. They're two friends that have started at the bottom and been in all these crazy places. They were living on a on a pirate ghost ship. They were living on the roof of a spot like a club and just really working towards making something beautiful and giving back to the arts community. What they wanted to do was, I mean, they're going to tell you the whole story. We're going to talk about it. But basically... They looked at the opportunity to make stuff, to make things really beautiful, um, build things. Ralph is a photographer, and he said that you know he wanted to be able to give back to some of his subjects, and they do it through charity. And so it's a pleasure to have them on today. So let's go. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go to iTunes, go to Anchor FM. If you're on iTunes, I want to get to the top of the charts, reach as many people as I can. And a way to do that is for you to subscribe, rate, and... Leave a review. Thank you so much for supporting me. And, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I'm a fucking yes, reject. No. Best side, Brooklyn. 2019. Best side, do or die. Biggie Smalls. What else? ODB. Z,
1: Prince.
0: Prince is from Minnesota. Uh, Spike Lee. Motherfucking... Cardi B. No, she's from the Bronx. Who else is from Brooklyn? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is from Brooklyn. Shout out to Mike Tyson. <laughs> Who else is from Brooklyn? I want to know. I need a list. Who is... Everyone is from Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn, baby. And I moved here in 2005. I love it so much. Cheers. Cheers. Here we go. Cheers. Yeah, episode two. To the you guys, 100%. to the arts. Episode two to Brooklyn. Mm. Okay. Okay, so um today I got Raphael. Say your name again for me. Raphael. Raphael. I'm
2: like I'm Raphael. Raphael.
0: <laughs> Raphael. How you pronounce your last name? Raphael. Raphael. Raphael, Raphael.
2: Yes.
0: Do people call you Raphael or Ralph?
2: Well, they have many many different names, but they call me Ralph. A lot of call, a lot of people call me Roth, A lot of people call me Raphyore. Yeah, rapio Yeah, that's a cool name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many,
2: many. Hey, okay. Uh, Captain Pongo is another one. <laughs> Captain
0: Pongo. That's, that might be my favorite. One. And uh, hey, and you I,
2: want to call me Captain Pongo? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, Captain Pongo. Thank you for coming. Um, so so we got Raph and Cody visiting yes. us in Brooklyn today. And we are at the Bishop Gallery in uh, celebration for the life of Notorious B.I.G. And these gentlemen helped us out a lot. It's really cool to meet you in person. We we transferred many times, yes. And then it's really great to have you as well, Cody, because I know that you guys have a history together. Mm. Best Mm -hmm. friends. In my head. I just looked at the video, and you guys were, like, frolicking. It was, like, frolicking slow-mo off the truck. He was so happy. It's very rap. So, um, can you tell me kind of about... Um, well, first of all, let me back it up. So, the whole thing that we're doing is the... It's, it's called fucking rejects. One, I just like cursing. My dad's a sailor. It's my shit. I love fucking cursing. And uh, two... As creators, we are rejected a lot, as you know. As you know, you get rejected a lot, but that's how, that's where the magic happens because if you're not getting rejected, like, you're not trying to do anything. You, anytime that, like, when I was bartending, I bartended for 15 years, about 15 years. Shout out to freaking uh, Vaughn, Joe's Pub, and Max Fish. They held me down, paid all my bills for years, but it just really stifled me as an artist and it stifled my art career because you get that, like, quick money that, like stripper money, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. really good but then you blow it really fast mm-hmm. and it's cash and you all oh, the whole thing. Tax free. Tax free. I'm gonna cut that part out no I'm saying. <laughs> no <laughs> tax free. But it's cash. You know what I mean? So it it really kind of for me once I stepped out and I was like, okay, and, and partly, definitely Baron pushed me in that direction. He's like, what are you doing? You can't be an artist unless you're an artist. You can't be an artist if you're bartending. And with that, I just stepped out on the ledge and it was super scary. And it was it was uh, positive, but then very quickly I learned that people, you know, they just will reject you because whatever reason. Who knows why? Maybe it just doesn't line up. Maybe the work doesn't fit. But I was like, my feelings were so hurt at first, like for real hurt. I was, I had some time where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And just after a while, I realized, oh, you can't take it personal because if you're trying to do something, then there's going to be a force field against you in a way, you know? And here we are today in Brooklyn, New York with my hit podcast.
1: <laughs> Episode two.
0: Episode two is a hit fucking rejects and I'm glad to have you guys on so thank you glad
1: to be here thank
0: you uh, can you tell me a little bit about where you guys come from
1: do you want to start um sure so I I was born and raised in Boulder Colorado and uh, you know just basic family life like being a kid and um I kind of always knew that I was gonna travel but I didn't really see how or, or what for. And then I became a chef, went to culinary school, and I, uh, I was about 20 years old and decided I wanted to go to Europe, so came out to Switzerland, actually, in 2005, well, end of 2005, and my good friend that I knew before I came is a German guy. And uh, he went to school in Freiburg in uh, Germany, and so I would go and visit him, and that's how I met Raphael, is I was going to visit my friend Reiner, and then they were going to school together, and, and had some other, uh, you know, out-of-school activities that they, not really school, but um, civil, civil, civil service. service. Oh, service. that's right. That's what we met. So, yeah, it just kind of took off like a rocket ship from there. You know, I pretty much, no no disrespect to my Swiss friends uh, in Schaffhausen, but I just, it, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, you sure. know, you see what we're doing here. I came out here on a total spontaneous whim on Friday and just come to do this. This is the kind of stuff that I love to do, and... There just wasn't that there in, in the right. place I was at, so I found myself visiting, like, every weekend, um, taking a train out there. And
0: oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Cool. Yeah,
1: so, and he was, since I met him, into photography, and that's also, Reiner is, is a photographer, and so pictures were getting taken, ideas, we'd... Have parties and dress in crazy yeah, costumes yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> in
0: Germany. Yeah, yeah y'all yeah. love the parties and outfits.
1: Yeah, so out there it was crazy. it was really what I needed. Yeah, uh, yeah I, it was a, a a bright light in a in a dark place for me in my life. That time was pretty rough, mm-hmm. uh, just personally to to find like a way to have an outlet and and connect with people on a level that I was feeling like was my level, you know, and the rest is history.
0: Cool.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm born in Freiburg, mm-hmm. which is translated Free Castle in Germany, South okay. Germany, and I grew up in a little village of 800 inhabitants. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cow village, more cows than people. Yeah. And um, my parents are both teacher and I got a little brother, he's two years younger, he's mentally disabled and he expresses feelings in a very different way and I had to learn and experience very early about his facial expressions and that's where like portrait photography probably got inhaled very early. got my first camera when I was like eight or nine I think. And in my teenage years, I started photographing, traveling, combining it, wanted to discover the world and kind of capture emotional states of people. And photography was the tool. And there were always people coming in my life that helped me, that were part of it, that I could exchange vision with and connect with. And Cody was one of them. That's where a strong bond started. And yeah, this is where it all began, I would say
0: that's really cool I love that story because I didn't know that you were coming Cody I didn't even know anything about this weekend I just knew we were going to pull the show off and it was like way stressful <laughs> I was, like it was going to be I just know that it's just going to be pulled off though now, now that I'm doing it more and more it's it's just, it's, it is just stressful yeah. it does not matter everything could be perfect and it's going to be
2: stressful so that's
0: dope so how many times have you guys collaborated
2: Many, many, many times. times. Like in, in many different ways I would say. Yeah. Like personally just like having fun in the beginning, sure. exchanging things that we like. He came with his music, yeah. I came with photography, travels later on. But um yeah, it it I would say it started when when I had a chance to display in New York and Manhattan in a gallery with my work when I was twenty seven. And he came, Other friends came, and, like, this is where we really, like, it got some purpose of what we do and where we put our energies and talents together, and it's just a lift off for all of this.
0: So, um, so, you, yeah, so you guys, you had a show here, and then you, you, like, come out here. I didn't even know that you just were like, fuck it, I'm going Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I just know <laughs> Oh, yeah, cool. No, <laughs> very spontaneous, because I'm going to be out in Basel with him at, at the beginning of April so I was a bit like well I don't know if, should I go or is it just kind of a waste but something told me like nah man you gotta go check it out yeah. uh, I didn't have work that's a big reason why they just said, oh, we don't have any jobs till uh, Tuesday, so I'm like, well, then I'm not going to hang out in the cold. Why not
0: go to Brooklyn for the weekend? Yeah, that's right. Go <laughs> to Brooklyn
1: for the weekend and do some dope art, so yeah, it's very very um, I feel very lucky, very fortunate to, you know, I, I have no, I didn't have like a strong artistic sense f- for myself um, I, you know, grew up watching people sketching and painting, and it's like, oh man, they're so good, and I couldn't even like draw a straight line or a heart with even sides. You yes, know, no, <laughs> I can't <laughs> see that, but, but I, I can draw my ass off, and I cannot do either. of always... I thought that I had, you know, no talent for that, mm-hmm. so I didn't really have friends that were big into art and. Raphael has totally changed my life in that sense of of you know the things make sense to me like the why's or the hows some art there is no why or how it's just art it just exists you know but that's not all of what it is and that's what sort of confused me is finding like oh there's I it, it I have a very like logical brain so right. I could about the purpose of art, like right. what do you do with
2: it in the end? What's your message? What do you want to deliver to people? What do you want to give? What do you want to receive? And how do you yeah. spin that wheel?
0: Yeah, and it right. takes all of us. It's not just well because I can sit all day in my room and draw and stuff, right. but it takes like support. And I mean, I came here today. You're like, oh, this is how you plug it in? and yeah. Set it up like this. So those those are the things you need as an artist too. So it's really cool that you guys came together as a team. Yeah. As an artist, you actually. You got these giant-ass ideas. You could pull it off. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you guys met. So, tell me about when you met. It's a... I love the story. Please tell
1: me. Um, have, have you heard, you heard of that?
0: That? I mean, I kind of heard it. You guys were saying... Okay, all I know is it, it like, involves a pirate ship. Oh, It involves okay, so so like a floating cemetery. It's that, like a fucking a beach ball. <laughs> I don't know.
1: The ghost ship. It was a ghost ship, though. That's the beginning... Of Ko. Okay, okay, okay. That's where that whole... So, okay. Well, it's
2: three years later than the beginning, actually, but it's like... Right. I think what what KO... Let's talk about it later, but yeah. what KO brings is platform for people like us to really come together, and I think that I have a tendency to like, start projects and, and create platforms in places, which is a bit crazy in the beginning, yeah. and it needs crazy people to make it possible and, and really... Like, unfold a space that probably a lot of people wouldn't go in to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need some balls.
0: You gotta. You gotta. What you're doing is, like, really, it's, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's, it's different. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. You guys have, you have balls. You guys are the I think, I think with how I, from my end, can speak about this, it's not a deal, it's a bond, a friendship bond, mm-hmm. is that, like, no matter how crazy the things that we do, like, Like, we've been building up a show in Washington Square in the fountain in wintertime, and it was, like, windy as hell, and... Like, there's only, like, one person like him that I know he will go to the bitter end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And,
2: off, and it was him and me. Like, everybody was like, let's let's stop this. Like, we won't get the show installed today. And there's only this one person I know. Like, we can go to the end if we want to. And yeah. and that's really something very, very important to have something like that in life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a deep, deep trust.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what about the ghost ship? Like, what so What when does that, was that happen? Yeah, trip. I mean I just know that there was a ship
1: So this yeah, I don't know this, this all so it's good though because the story kind of started with that show in Manhattan. Okay. Because I flew out, I had been working like not really enjoying being here mm-hmm. and in, I, in Colorado. Yeah, and I needed mm-hmm. to like earn more money and I had a knee injury. And I had to get surgery, and I just couldn't make it work here, you know?
0: In Colorado.
1: Yeah, so I I said, okay, I'm going to go. I I connected with an old friend of mine that he also knows really well, Mm -hmm. who's a chef. And he said, yeah, come, you can work here. It was a ship. It's floating in the Rhine River in Basel. And uh, so the plan was come to Manhattan, help build up this show, and get I wasn't going to be able to stay for the actual show but build the frames which by the way are sitting out behind the it's gallery in the back.
0: is that what those are yeah with yeah. the lights
1: just, no, is, no no just no beautiful. no just wood sticks
0: uh, oh okay I'll yeah. check it out yeah cause yeah. outside in the backyard I think or it's in this in the in corner, in the in this corner room. like in that oh,
1: alley outside yeah.
0: oh yeah I saw them yeah. yeah I was wondering I just figured it's art yeah okay it was
1: it's it is art us. now I, it is even more it is art so, um, came for that and then flew from, from here to Switzerland and started that job. Okay. And during that time after the show, and you should ask him more about how that all went. Yeah. Well, but then yeah. he returned and I was living on this ship. I was the only person living on the ship because there was only one place to live. And it was kind of a crazy life experience. It was really fun though. Um, until kind of the end, when it got, uh, it just wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we both came together at the same time, like he returned from his travels, and we were both in, like, heartbroken. Heartbroken, financially, broken, broken. financially mm. broke, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he was living at the club on the roof, outdoors. Outdoors. Oh, yeah. And I was living on the ship. That's and crazy. Then he in the to same live. town? He came. Yeah, he. We were just on the other. So side. So where of was
0: that? Where that's was, in
1: Basel. In
0: Basel. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, y'all were like, that's that's awesome. Right. That's pretty awesome. So
1: it was like a synchronicity though, yeah. because we were both kind of in this fucked up place of yeah. life, and also we didn't really have like a place to live because my job was over on the ship, and so obviously I'm not going to sleep on the ship. And he wasn't sleeping on the roof anymore, (laughs) so...
0: Wait, up on the roof though? Yeah,
1: it's a roof. It's it's a
2: huge techno club. And Um, on the roof there's like a terrace where you can get like drinks and food and a okay. And basically like when I returned from my travels, I I started working immediately at the club. I was in Depths and... So I had no place. My girlfriend was gone, and I was like in a really, really shitty spot. Yeah. And I decided like I go even deeper into it and slept outdoors. <laughs> even seventeen people offered me the first night, like, "Hey, you can sleep on my couch." And I was like, "No, I want to go really to the end and find out like what I'm made of." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so,
0: like, where is where exactly is rock bottom?
2: Yeah,
0: but that that it, but you went in consciously. That's pretty. Yeah. So you were outside. Like, it was yeah. was there a tent?
2: No, it, I had like a, a roof over it, but there were no walls or anything. Damn. So. It's, it's a concept for life. I believe that when you really want to know who you are, like mm-hmm. you got to jump into everything that is super uncomfortable, that comes your way, and embrace it. Of okay. course, not everything, but things that make sense or further your situation to the better, maybe financially, maybe to build up. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But like, embrace the things that feel like the most horrible possibility in the moment. Sometimes you yeah. go out stronger in the end.
1: Mm.
0: So you guys would visit each other? Would <laughs> you go visit yeah, the we, ship in the room? At,
2: we had sleepovers. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like, in, in, in the end, you know, in the end, it's like, he got this huge
1: ship with a bar in it. Huge, huge ship. It was... I, I, a, a ship ship? It's 300 ship, feet long. Because I'm like, oh, a football field. What? Yeah. It's huge. Was it's it huge. scary? Mm. No. Well, sometimes because the room was down on kind of half underwater... Like under the waterline, oh. and and there's lots ah. of boats and ships going up and down the river. smashing against. Yeah, the ship. and the and the what? water the water crashing against the ship for the first month or something like that would wake me up because it was kind it was Ooh, way was louder scared. than you would think. And then sometimes I would think I heard something like from underneath, like knocking. That pirate. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ghost. Heard. Yeah. So, but I I'm not a I'm not like a a spook, easily spooked person. Like I, I slept in the studio that I that I work at in mm-hmm. Boulder for like a year, and people say it's haunted, and there's a girl, and all this stuff, and I didn't. I don't, know, I don't
0: mind no ghosts. I visit I just, cemeteries and shit like that.
1: I just say, hey man, if you're here. It's your boy. Leave me alone.
0: What up, it's your boy. <laughs> uh, leave me alone, please. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, so when you were you were living on the roof, and you were living, so you were like the odd couple of town, hanging out. What? So, what'd you do?
1: Like, what? What? What was the next step after that? After you yeah, were like mad impression to people, I guess, living out on the yeah, y'all was wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 ended up like you know homeless. There was people we could have stayed with, sure. but that that I think shows a bit how we are, is that we would rather, you know, sleep in a tent or be outside and be free yeah. than have to, you know, oh, do you need some pillows? Can I make you some tea? That's really nice. It's really nice, but you don't want to have that be, like, everyday you know what I mean? So I don't, really you don't want like to sleep on nobody's couch. A burden, you don't know, to give up your freedom. And
0: also, it's fucking annoying. Like, if you're sleeping on someone's couch, they're like kids and shit, and they're yeah. loud. And yeah, like, so like, it's Ooh. just better. Yeah. It
1: was better for us to find something different, and it ended up being a, a apartment which was empty. It had just been moved out of, and we were squatting there for, I don't know, yeah. two, two or three weeks, something like this. How long? I don't know. We've been living on the same mattress like a half year, Yeah, but that was the the apartment in Volta, Oh. i I'm talking in about Europe. the one. In the
2: wait!
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, wait! Empty. Oh, okay. So you went and, like changed the locks and stuff, and or, or no, you just moved up in no, there? No,
1: we just had permission from the owner okay. because it, they were doing renovations okay. on the building, and so it was just completely bare, like a refrigerator and a stove and a toilet. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. And and that was, for me, the moment, like, in that time when I I realized that I was in the lowest point of my life that I've ever been. Uh And so was he.
0: Hmm.
1: It was really a very... That's where I think we formed a strong bond, even Mm -hmm. stronger, because it was just like, wow, man, this sucks so bad. But... We are still here yeah. and we can laugh about it a little bit. Yeah. I had love. I had you gotta Yeah. You were living
0: on a ghost ship, like <laughs> like and then, and then, like I, I oh, shit. you were on a ghost <laughs> ship, you were on a roof, just spooky as fuck at a club. You know, that's that is listen, I love Germany. I slept on many a floor there and mm-hmm. I have I went to a party, uh I used to, I used to live Back and forth between Germany and, and Cologne and Cologne, and my friend was Beatrice. She lived in uh, Berlin, and I was bartending. Actually, it was dope because I can take off like two months of work. I was like the worst. I would be like, "Can you please come my shift again for two months?" You know, and they would do it, and I would go over there and, and just ride my bike, listen, like Lil Wayne and all this stuff. But it was it was great because there were kind of like those spaces. There's, it is. Here is is free, sure. There, it was, like, free in a different way, because you can kind of move around, and there were those weird spaces. Like, I definitely slept in the back of a club. They have beds there. Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, sure, like, on the floor, okay. And uh, my friends threw a party. Like, someone lost a tooth that night. We were wilding out. We were so wilding out. It was in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, yeah, so I could see how, it seems weird, but I can see how that works, you know? So, you had an apartment, you were squatting, and then what was next?
1: The apartment, which he still has to this day. Oh. That's um, in a different part of the city. Okay. But it's um, so the cheapest apartment, price-wise, ever heard of in yeah. town. Great. Um, it was a plus. Is probably. it still... Are you locked in still? Are you paying the same? I'm paying 30 bucks more a month. Okay.
0: That's the shit. So, so that led to you finding this place?
2: It still happen. It's, it's it's kind of like a shelter, like to... to we get yourself together again in between all of the madness that we're doing. Like Michael Klein slept in it, the founder of uh, the Microsoft Art Collection. All oh wow! Um, slept in it. Like many people came in there. Woo! Oh. that's
0: okay. You just scared me. I was like, I thought it was a ghost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> today is like
0: hold on a on second. My what bed. time does it start? Eight to ten. Oh, so you about to start? Okay, let's um reconvene. We'll just go in the front. Okay. Cool. We got rejected again. Okay. Um. That's live. Fun? Well, it's a recording. Their show, I think, is live. It's live. Yeah, that's live. Because I know they rent this place out, so. No. no. Today's show is sponsored by Bishop Bedford Gallery in Bedside, Brooklyn. Yay. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring this episode and, and providing me with the space to do my podcasting. It's really great. They have a radio station over there. They do really wonderful things for the community. They have a dope space, a really beautiful art gallery. And pretty much, if you want to go and check out some art, it's it's really a spot to go to. It's a really great spot in Brooklyn. Right now, they actually have the exhibition, The King of New York, by Baron Claiborne, featuring large-scale photographs of the notorious B.I.G. that have never been seen before. So I helped work on this project, for sure. But I hadn't even seen a lot of the photographs. It shows up until March 30th. I think there'll be a closing on the 30th, actually. And please pull up on them. They're doing really great stuff over there in Brooklyn for the arts. So go check them out when you're at Best stuy If you're in New York, you're in the Bronx or whatever. You can Uber over there. If you take the train. Really great stuff that they're doing with artists. And they have a really great space. So go check them out. Thanks for sponsoring me, you guys. I rise with you. All right. Let's get back into the show. Okay. So we got kicked out of our... <laughs> <laughs> we got rejected. Again, womp, womp, womp. It happens every time you try to do something. Uh, Excuse me. No, we're using the, the, the studio, the radio station at Bishop Gallery. They have another show coming up that's happening right now. And it is not this show. So we're actually in the front space. They have a gallery in the back where um, the whole significance of us getting together and meeting each other is because uh, you worked with Baron Claiborne, who took the original photo photo of Biggie Smalls, the king of New York, and a host of other photographs that you guys collaborated to make these giant, giant, giant prints. And so I want to get to that. I tried to get Baron to come, but he's very busy and famous, and he don't got time for this shit apparently but he'll be on next week though. So, I definitely wanted to get you on because I know that you're going to be going out of town. You're going back home and you're you're going back home,
2: I guess. To fly to Havana. on you say? To where? To Havana, in Cuba.
0: Havana? Bang bang bang. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I want to yeah. go. I would really like to go there. So, um but let me back it up and before we get into what we did together. Um I want to talk about just where we left off at. We were saying that you guys, you got this space and, you know, kind of all the rock bottom, you kind of were at rock bottom, and then what came next? So you have this space that you're in now, which is a shared space.
1: Yeah.
2: I think let's let's hop a bit in time. Sure. And start how it all began. Yeah. And apart from the friendship. Yes. Um, like the show that we talked about that he helped building in Manhattan in 2015, um, I basically moved those works that we had in there to Union Square and started a street show.
0: Where were they first?
2: They were in um, Infinito Studio Gallery in Tribeca. Okay. And um, so what basically happened, or what the purpose of all of this was, that I searched, related to the topic that we're talking about, um, a solution or an opportunity, how I could involve the muse of my photographs into the actual like sales process of the art, like mm-hmm. generating money as an artist and sharing... It often, like half-half of the gallery, Um, there's somebody who is not involved in the the circle or the process. That's the muse behind the work. That's right. Especially when you're photographing people in also, like, third-world countries, Mm -hmm. They, they... Like, I had a feeling like I'm selling their face, and that's more than selfish, and I never felt comfortable about it, and I tried to find a different platform or create one or find just a way, a different way than what the art market provides, And so the most logical idea was to go outside and talk to as much people as possible while showing the works and getting ideas and getting inspiration. And so I went to Union Square in July 2015 and blew them up because it was really windy. Mm -hmm. Those nine foot tall uh, photographs were like almost flying around. So I took four pieces and constructed them together. Oh,
0: okay. that's,
2: That's how the first boxes of four photographs came up. Yeah, and later that night when the day was over, like even the cops, congratulated us for the show. Oh, they were supposed oh, to shut us all day. Okay. And yeah, there were like magical moments of meeting people and sharing about this this idea and getting inspiration. And when I went to sleep, I had this vision of a traveling gallery, a platform for other photographers, but also artists, of displaying art in public, making it accessible to as much possible much people as possible uh-huh. and also like sharing half of the profit with organizations that bring the money back to at least the area where those people are located. So it means when I'm photographing in India like generating clean, fresh drinking water to those people there. Okay. That that was kinda of the intention how it started. And I flew back to Switzerland after doing a second show in front of Metropolitan Museum and wanted to start a mobile system that i can fold in in suitcases to travel with them and this is where he came in he started constructing those after the vision and the idea and um basically the journey that we just talked about was the process on the side like he was working on the ship i was working in the club as a bartender at daytime i was selling hot dogs with smelted rocket cheese on top we really? collected every cent to like pay my cost, invest into the mobile system. Yeah. The money he made from it, and um, also from his job, went into his knee operation later on. And like from the beginning on, it was always this concept of like sharing what we got, furthering each other. And like related to the topic you're interviewing us about is um, why approaching a market that you are just competing, 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 that maybe doesn't really want to have you in. Mm-hmm. Why not creating an own platform? That is the intention behind. And using the platform to create something better and doing the opposite than what this platform usually does, like sharing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love that well I love that you're you're recognizing the fact that, you know, you you are working with these people that are third world or they're in a situation that you know, we should. We definitely want to share the stories, but more than more, most times you don't you don't hear really the story, or you don't know really where anything about the people. It's just like this kid, and it might be in you know some dirt or something like that, or like in a shanty town. But they don't talk about the people at all. It's just for the photographer. So you said it's like super selfish, but yeah, it is you have so
2: much responsibility if you have that luck no matter if it's like easy for you or you're fighting to get it like to have this access to those people and sharing the story i think it's not enough that you're just opening a view to outsiders to their to their life to their situation it's also that you kind of carry a responsibility to it and living this lifestyle this this desire to take this responsibility is just constantly growing and I believe that the art market that cherishes and, and supports big photographers who have done that in their life. I don't want to um, speak against the quality of their work, not in any way, sure. but like there needs to be more than just opening this window. And that is missing in the market on, on a high degree, and we got to form it
0: yeah yeah you do have to make your own stuff so you start so you had a show in Union Square your pieces were too big to go in there or something is that no, they, what happened we
2: actually wanted to start a show here at the Bishop with those pieces but the ceiling is way too low oh okay so, oh
0: here in the Bishop exactly. oh, okay. so
2: I connect after the show in Manhattan I connected with uh, Stevenson and Irwin from the Bishop sure. and they actually helped me to bring those works to Union Square because mm-hmm. in the end I'm still a German boy at that time mm-hmm. not knowing how things run and I needed somebody that's from here that knows how to talk to the cops just to do it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: this is how a bond with the bishop started
0: okay okay and you were here as welcome.
1: uh no i was in switzerland where
0: were you okay yeah
1: i i that was like weeks after the show uh at the infinito gallery like
2: july 2015 he was here in may april may i think may 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 2015
0: so okay i'm just trying to get understand so you were at the Finito, the Benito or Finito? Infinito. Infinito Gallery here in New York City. Yeah. And then, and then you were going to bring the show over here afterwards. I that. wanted,
2: and that wasn't possible. We so could. we thought of like bringing it to a corner here in Brooklyn. But I wanted more. I wanted like a really, really large audience. So oh
0: yeah, Union Square. The,
2: the day before, we've been driving through city, and actually, we ended up at Union Square, which I desired like a half year earlier in wintertime, going there with small prints, spending my last money. But then I came back with an actual show. And had those huge pieces, That's and that was the one time shit. chance. So let's let's do it. So,
0: so okay, that I love that because, like, you know, you started at the bottom. Now we're here. Now we started at the bottom, right? You're like at rock bottom in the basement of a ship, and you're like on the tip top of a sh- of a roof. And then you can reconvene, do a show, and then this show is not possible. So something better came out of it, though. Like, if this show was possible, would you have done those giant pieces now? Because will you explain kind of what they what they are? And I'll put them on. Uh, I'll put them on the Instagram, and I'll put photos of of them to show uh, people what they look like. But can you kind of explain? Can you guys explain what what it is?
2: Um, I'm not getting you really. Like,
0: so you had the show in Manhattan first, and then. You wanted to do it here. <coughs> Excuse me, but you were... Un- that was gross, my bad. You. Thank you. Um, you were going to do it here, but it didn't work out.
2: because It was impossible. It was, it was impossible. Too
0: big. Right, so you're like, fuck. And then but what you ended up pulling off, because you could not do it here, would that have happened? Do you think that that incarnation of what you're doing, which is these giant cubed four-sided artwork installation photographs that are breathtaking do you think that that would have happened had you done the gallery show here well, and I that would have been able I to happen don't, i don't
2: look at life like that i don't i don't consider what would have been possible sure. i think life is a stream and things appear the way they're supposed to appear Absolutely. And once a chance is there you say yes if a chance changes you gotta say yes again you yeah. gotta adapt. if you're not capable of adapting, you have an issue yeah that's how life that goes yeah it's a constant flow and you gotta learn to swim
0: yeah yeah that's cool because you know I just I guess like I don't know I'm thinking like um, it's cool that it didn't work
2: out for you here
0: (laughs) even though it's fucked up to say it that way but to me it's like we have a
2: partnership like we're here today because of that that momentum of that that partnership that started that's why we have the chance to like print Baron's work and come here again now and Last year we've been displaying works with the bishop of Jean-Michel Basquiat in Basel. Like, Mm. we're just constantly doing things. And it's not about, like, what's the result? What's the result going to be? Like, how much you put in or what you receive from anybody. It's just, like, about doing it and seeing what happens.
0: Yeah. Listening
2: to your stomach. And if something feels good or is a great opportunity, it's not about the profit in the end. It's about having the momentum. And it always brings you to another one.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So now you, you're affiliated with Brooklyn, you know? you like, part of the...
2: You're part of well, the culture been, here now. I've been living here... I've been living in Queens. I've been living in Manhattan in the gallery there. And, like I always sleep in the places where I work on the gallery. Oh, okay. with. So we we're just sleeping here in the gallery in the last two days. <laughs> That's cool. And, um... I, yeah, I've been living in Stevenson's house as well. And I do really like the city. Um when I came home the first time after really like being here and having those street shows it felt like jumping out of a Ferrari arriving in Switzerland and falling on your face because things move in a very very different pace there
0: yeah
2: and okay it was a lesson for life but also I do love nature and the countryside a lot Mm -hmm. and could not see myself like constantly living in the city Mm -hmm. no matter how much I like it I love it
0: it's crazy though New York is crazy both yeah, the balance is good. So, do you think you guys ever, would you ever move here?
2: I consider it. thought about it, yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Maybe do, like, kind of a back and forth situation if you're going to be making stuff here and, you know. I mean, for me, I, work, I live here, but I travel, like, I'll, I'll bounce for, like, two months or or three months. And now I'm working between here and L.A. And so, that the idea is to yeah. kind of have two different... Really, just is for my artwork, it's because I'm way refreshed if I get to leave and come back, and then also I'm way excited to work somewhere else, right. So I kind of like get different energies. Well,
1: and look at it this way if there's a you know, United, a, a KO office in the United States, yeah. eventually, you know, it could be here, it could be wherever, so it's definitely. Right. -hmm. Very
2: flexible about it. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's about constant change. Change is something healthy.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really fun too. It's like that's what life is. I mean, I can imagine. It's really scary being an artist and making stuff and being like, oh, fuck it. But it's to me, it's necessary for my life. You know, because otherwise, I don't really know what the the alternative is. I'm not gonna show up as some. I would be resentful as hell if I had to show up somewhere at nine a.m. every day. By the first week, I would be terrible at it, unless it was something I really kind of dig, I guess. But even then, I would just be a pain in the ass. I'm sure. (laughs) After a while, like
2: I think we're not made for this. Nobody's made for this. Yeah, man. It's just too many people don't know another way.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and certainly society, the way when you grow up, you're you're. It's kind of like when you're little, you can do whatever, you know. When you're like six and seven, you're like. I can be the president and then by the time you're like 12 you're like eh, I'm pretty good at drawing and then by the time people are 18 they're just like kind of like oh well I'm not really good at that I guess I can do this and I
1: better go to college
0: yeah then I mean, you are 20 and you've, <laughs> your heart's been broken you know you've like gone through all this shit and you're kind of you're, you're, you don't have that same
1: you're $80,000 in debt
0: 80000 yeah into debt for, <clears> for <throat> what oh my god college what the mm. fuck Sorry,
1: I had I went to college, and um, I was telling the the, the interns that were here yesterday. I tried to, I it came out a little bit strange, but I mean they were talking about having that pressure from their family to like go to school right. and go to college. And one girl, she had gone, but then she like dropped out or stopped. At, she's trying to get back in. And she, I could tell, like, I knew just from her way of talking about it that she's like, I don't really want to do this. Yeah. My parents are making me do it. Yeah. And uh, it's like, hey, you know, I I didn't even graduate high school. Yeah. I was just not built for that kind of education. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now
1: I can absorb information and figure things out, like really I don't it the the two don't match like mm-hmm. what it was when I was a kid and what I am now people di- obviously they didn't see that in the public school system because it was just do this this way and there's yeah. no other way yeah and I feel really good about where my life is at right now and where I'm going and what potential I have and I start to really see how like the possibilities. That can happen, like way beyond what I thought, because I thought I have no education. It doesn't matter, you know.
0: It's about what you're gonna do, right? You know,
1: and and it depends on if you do it well.
0: Yeah, and if you really care, if you're trying to do something, is it's much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things are so tricky. I didn't finish college. I didn't finish high school. I went to high school and I played violin. And I was like part of the orchestra and I was on the basketball team and the only really only reason i stayed in as long as i did is because i considered getting a, a scholarship to play basketball but then nah like i was you're really, tall enough well yeah <laughs> listen you know how much i got asked that shit um i swam competitively with my dad and my sisters he was the uh he ran the detroit aquatics department and so he was we were hardcore we got up every day before school we swam with the old people then so we went to school wet Got out of school, had practice, then we would like hang out, and then we would go like swim again. Yeah. I swim three times a day. That's and then nice. it was it was a lot though. It was a lot. I mean it definitely built a lot of discipline. And then when I was in high school, it was like I, it was replaced by basketball. And I was like playing pal, playing AAU, playing an orchestra, and you know, I was like, we I played varsity four years, we have a bomb ass team. But there was one day we were running. We were, like, conditioning in August. And in Detroit in August, it's, like, it's hot, but it's also super muggy, mm. like, thick, thick, thick. And we are running, and we were, like, crying. It was terrible. We had this awesome coach, but she was hardcore, like, NBA styles. And she says, you know, you're going to run until you – when you get to college, you're going to run until you piss on yourself. And I was, like, hell no. Like, that's when I was, like, I don't even want – that, like, I've been an athlete this whole time. I just want to be an artist, man. I just want to take art classes because I have never taken art classes. Mm. I just would walk past the art classes and I couldn't take them because I'll play music. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I stopped going to school. The last day I went to school, I had it was the first day of my senior year. I went to my first class and it was called reading. And it was literally like reading, like, you sit there and read. And I grew up with nerds straight up nerds and my grandmother I lived with her we have books we just like read and hung out and read and I read the book that, was, that we were going to read it's called The Last Unicorn it's this um, dope ass anime from the 80s but I didn't even know there was a book and that summer I had read it on my own and I was like whoa it's a book you know it's my it's favorite freaking it's story about it, I it's Amazing! I love that movie, The Last Unicorn. Like, it has a crazy soundtrack. It's so cool. And so I went to class and I said, Hey, I already read this book. I just read it. Like, I just read this book. I love it. Can you give me another book off the list? And she was like, I guess you'll just have to read it again. And and at that moment, I was like, "Mm, They don't have anything else for me. You know, like this school system has nothing else for me because, I mean, what I'm going to learn? math, algebra over and over, like how to yeah. multiply. And then it's like, if you got me sitting here reading and not, and even if I'm coming to you saying, Hey, I'll read, I'll write a report about it. And then I'll
2: so. And that was the, your art
0: class? No, I didn't take art class. Oh. It was just the first period. Oh, like okay. we had like okay. seven classes. Like I was in biology or writing or oh, whatever. Okay. And I was already like going through shit at home. You know, you don't know what people are going. You already have your own life. Yeah. I'm 17 years old. And I'm like, I had a whole, crazy stuff going on at home and that I had to tend to. So school for me was like the only reason that I looked at it at that point. And I was like, okay, I'll stick it out. Even though it's, I'm completely bored. This shit is so easy, you know? Um, But I want to play basketball maybe in college. But then after that, I was like, oh no, once you say you're going to run until you piss. I was like, chill. Like I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. And, And then I went to the mall that, that lunch period and I went to the mall and I was like, hey guys, like, I just lied. I was like, I'm in college, part-time, can I get a job? And they were like, you're only 17. And so I was like, oh yeah, I just go to school like in the morning. I just lied. And they gave me a job at the mall. And then after that, I just started kind of working. And, and that was, uh, I knew I would go to college or do something. But I knew that that, that high school had nothing else to offer for me. You know, and I yeah. think like... And now, I, it's the best decision I could have made, I swear to God. Like, I've been all over the world. I have a company. I make really amazing stuff. I get to collaborate with people like you. You know, I'm in Brooklyn at this art gallery, you know, with my my hip podcast.
2: Life is about having yeah. fun. And, of course, as you said, the swimming part, learning discipline Absolutely. at an early age is, is very important, especially when you do art, because literally... I believe it's look at it as a nail. If you hammer long enough, you eventually go through the wood. Yeah, and that's what I think is a key essence that artists need to understand. Make practice of art is not just a freedom and creative expression. If you want to survive and make a living from it, you got to be very disciplined.
0: You do, yeah, yes,
2: yeah. big part of it.
0: It is a big part of it, and um, and it's really you have to be very fearless you know like you have to really be fearless to, because to be an artist, it to me is very human to want to make stuff because we're kind of the culture of people we're like pushing culture yeah and then in years and years after we're gone, the things that we have made will be here you know and they'll be digging them up like oh a king made this <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, <laughs> He'll be like you know whatever whatever uh, that will be but we I definitely am I'm happy that that early on I just was like, you know what? fuck it. This is not working at all for me. And then eventually, I went and got my GED, and I, uh, I went and basically, um, I started college later. Like I basically like set up. I, I just knew I would go to school at some point. Yeah. And so um, I do not wait for Leola to come in. You can go,
2: didn't
0: you? Okay. So, um, yeah. No, I feel you though. Like it for me. Taking that step, it, it took me to where I was going to go. And it, and it, you know, you become free all of a sudden. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I don't, I can, what, what is it that I'm trying to do?
1: Yes. Yeah, I took it, I tested out of high school. Yeah. In my senior year because it just didn't look like it was going to happen. I had to transfer and they really, like, I could have probably had a lawsuit against the school district. Wow. But I, nobody would have had my back my parents even they would have not had my back and I just saw no way to get through that and not have to be at school for another two years after I should have been graduated so I just said screw this yeah and you know easily tested out with the GED and yeah and
0: uh, which was so easy yeah once I took the GED I was like yo I should have taken this
1: like two years yeah, ago yeah exactly so then you know after that I pretty much just did whatever the heck I wanted to do I, I sold weed for <laughs> like two <laughs> years three years and then you know that couldn't happen any longer because I got got nailed for that and sure that's when I went to culinary school and then my whole life completely changed for the better you know yeah yeah and there's no person probably in my life at that time that could have said something like well you should do this or you should do that none of that was around it was just me like with a bunch of other people that were frankly not going anywhere Mm -hmm. in life and I just yeah I left I got out Yeah, yeah, and that was the best thing I could have done for myself because people that I grew up with, a lot of them are—they're not alive anymore. They're in really bad situations, you know. And I just see like very clearly where that path was headed, Mm -hmm. and it was actually easy to walk away from because it wasn't really wasn't me, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. That's tough. And then I make friends like you guys. Yeah.
0: I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> Leola just walked in That's my motherfucking girl So um, yeah me and Leola worked together Pretty closely We met in Brooklyn um, I don't know years ago Through our friend Leah And then we like ran into each other a couple times in the street And so when I started the company off She, she was like down Like oh yeah for real what do you need Like what do you need And she showed up So we go we do stuff together we were just in LA. We were in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> we were in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, showing up. So um, I want to get into what we're doing here, and uh, yeah, can you tell me about this show here? And you know, what just explain kind of kind of what happened? I don't know what happened. I just know that Baron says send so, these files to Ralph.
2: So um, as a photographer, I always had idols. Like, he was not present as one of these um, in the years where I really like, started focusing on training techniques in portrait photography. But, um, of course, I knew the picture. I liked it always. Um, the, the King of New York photo? Yeah, uh-huh. the, the original. And reading that it is made with large format, it's always an inspiration when a photographer works, uh, works with large format. And then I lived in Putnam Avenue for several months and passed by the painting there of the same picture.
0: Oh, the mural on Quincy on, and Bedford. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that art Day.
2: yeah. And that day when I was already at the point of collecting artists for the collaboration, I was like, I want to get that piece or that photographer in. And then <clears throat> hey. <clears throat> so I um, approached Stevenson from the bishop, like, hey, do you have a link? And he said, like, yeah, there, there is a link for sure and it took like one and a half years till finally I was like yeah we we're in touch and then we were on the phone and starting to talk like 30-40 minutes laughing and yeah he's hilarious <laughs> having really good time and so I offered him to, I could print the show and bring it over and mm-hmm. it's just like I believe in like giving things and doing the extraordinary because it's not that I want something back for it but it's just like to see what happens out of it and this is just proving it again this is how how I live life Yeah. and so yeah we've been printing those in Basel in our print shop which now is part of the cable, um platform mm-hmm. we have tools as huge printers so we make use of them and I packed those prints and hopped on a flight and brought it over and then we met for the first time a month at those works
0: <laughs> yes.
2: and it was just in that first call it was very clear like there's a future of like working together and furthering each other and it's i love those stories i'm living for these stories Mm -hmm. and I couldn't catch my flight to New York when I moved when I flew from Basel to Dusseldorf. Like my visa wasn't ready, yeah. and so I ended up in a hotel and called him, and he was like, "Well, um, I might be able to catch your flight." And for real? It was mm-hmm. like super spontaneous, and so I arrived at JFK a day later than
1: expected and picked him up at the other gate. And I got that's here before Yeah, I, th- I thought for sure he what? was going to already be here, and then I was like, "So should I come to the gallery, or what? I, what? Where am I going to go when I get there?" And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm still in, where were you? I was in the air. Oh, okay. So I, you I had was a, the first in my life that I connected my phone with an online
2: the It worked. Parts. Yeah, yeah, it, it works. Works. It's, oh, it's oh, really, really worked.
0: Oh, mine's never worked like,
2: You cannot phone, but you can, I actually landed when you, when you text me. Oh, okay. No, I think I landed. I don't know. Like I was online on the air. Yeah, but he said, um, uh,
1: he'll be, he's like, I'll be landing in three and a half hours. And it's like, oh, he's not even here yet. No, no, right, oh,
0: right, you were right, here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Th-
2: this is how our life is. That's like, dope. It's, it's a huge list of just spontaneous, crazy moments, and yeah. you never know what's happening next, but at the same time, there's a lot of structure, focus, and hard work to create those moments. Yeah. And all together, they start building.
0: You guys are like magnets to each other.
2: Not only to each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's the shit. So, um, so you're working with Baron on the show here. How many pieces
2: did you do? We printed 19. Mm-hmm. Finally, we we mounted 15. Yeah, like making a closer selection. And um, yeah, it was like what I loved about the whole process is that he's super easy. We found a technique how we mounted those large paper prints because we didn't have time to frame them. So we okay. went to Home Depot with you guys together. I was there? And like I, I love did. that like combining like creative solutions <laughs> with the art, mounting it and. You, Envision it before, and we've been selecting that night we, we arrived. We said we've been selecting where to put those prints. <laughs> yeah, all these processes. it was a long
0: night. Yeah, like yeah,
2: just 10 hours later, 15 hours later, those pieces hang. And yeah, then five hours later, like I don't know how many people are it was in here. There's a ton
0: of people here with packed. And yes,
2: yeah. life is just about experience. And if you can create platforms for experience, yeah, yeah, that's art to me. That's shit it's about sharing it. It's not about what comes out. It's about sharing it.
0: Yeah, it is about that. Um, and, and all, you know, those photos haven't been seen. So the photos that are up out of all 19, I think that... Well, I, I helped work on a couple of them and just really the technical side of it. Like, I didn't have anything to do with the, the vision of it. Um, but I, I hadn't seen most of them printed. I just... They're icons on my computer or in the archive. I've seen them. But to to look at them large scale and the printer that you use... Because you have your own printer. You have a print shop, right?
2: Because you're a photographer. Well, like... It's a dream for me today because I can walk into my shop and and talk to my team like, hey, I need a proof of this and that. And this is like just two years ago, I was like struggling, turning coins to get my own. He was living on a ghost ship. And investing like I sold my camera camera systems three times in my life.
1: I thought he was crazy. I thought in the beginning, I thought like, man, he's doesn't know what the hell's going on because he would buy cameras sell them buy them sell them but now like i get it i yeah. totally get that process it was
2: very but clear, at but that it was time
1: clear. i was like man i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was still for me like i i trusted that it would he was going to figure it out you yeah. know i mean i always trust it was part it
2: was, of the process it's like i mean I don't believe in any material, owning anything materialistic, like I had nothing, I had it all, and if it's all gone again at a certain point, it doesn't matter, like, yeah. like being healthy, being at places, being able to be with other people, that is what counts, Yeah, and um, no stuff you own can give you that, it's just when things have a personal history to you. Mm-hmm. and even then getting rid of those giving them away as a present or selling them if you have to to create another opportunity it's actually teaching a lot
0: yeah it is, I'm really happy to, to that we got to work together they look gorgeous yeah. and uh, I'm excited to see what happens next and we're going to come out there and you'll be out there, Cody?
1: it depends on when you come but I, my my whole kind of goal or dream I guess you could say is to uh, be able kind of to do like what you guys do you know that you have work here mm-hmm. you go there you you're based out of somewhere but you're kind of moving around you know and that's that's really what I like to do mm-hmm. and it's becoming a reality you know I, I decided to kind of quit a lot of things uh, in Colorado and go out to Basel and take that opportunity be there till June at least and okay we're building the art factory in Basel
0: so that's, what yeah. you're, that's what's next yeah. is, that, is that what's gonna happen next yeah well, we,
1: have,
2: we have like this how much is it in, in square foot
1: 22,000 I think
0: how big is that is that the size of a football field
1: no <laughs> it's it's big though it's I mean it's a factory floor
0: oh it's like a real factory yeah they, Whoa, buildings
1: old buildings you know they have all yeah. these big old buildings but in Basel There's lots of factories and that have been around for decades and their spaces they don't use them as much and the government in Switzerland this is one thing I really love about Switzerland is that the government is really good about making sure that people can have access to these spaces uh, that it's usable and that the company doesn't just let it sit there empty. And so they have a—I don't know if you call it a program or whatever—but it's called Zwischennutzung, means like between use.
0: To so we get this for
1: five years. Yeah.
0: Oh, you so you got kind of a lease?
1: Yeah, so they still own it. Okay. But they'll rent it out to you, and I guess it's for like we a get, pretty good like, price, right? Like three thousand four hundred a month which is nothing for the space. Yeah, it's, it's a like, very very good price.
0: That's like the size of a Brooklyn apartment. But I mean, not the size.
1: The price. It's the price of yeah. a Brooklyn apartment. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a ridiculous price.
0: So you guys gonna live there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I work. Of course, of course you, you are. are. We were talking about it today. <laughs> I know. I'm just it's like, like hmm. Hmm. <laughs> is it
1: heated? <laughs> it is there it. running water?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can you can you can hook those things up. Yeah. You know.
1: It's all there. Like the, That's we're shit.
0: set there. <laughs> yeah. So we'll come out there.
1: Where actually is it? You said it's. Because
2: basically, when you come from our apartment, you take the train Rosenbrücke over yeah. the Rhine, you go uh-huh. left to the BSF area. Oh, okay. So, right in there. Like the, the gates with the two guys, the, we can drive into the BSF area.
1: Right next to where they are figuring out how to take carbon out of the air and make plastic out of it. Well, let's Let's anything. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> That's,
0: That's like, I can't even wrap my head around that one.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. And what's crazy is when I was a little kid, I was like, "Why don't we just collect it all, all the pollution, and like make stuff out of it?" And so my like, parents were like, like, "That's not ever going to happen." You're crazy. Happen. And now they're doing it.
0: Yeah. So okay, that's yeah, is that I would like to look well? at
1: that. I believe so. Okay, it's the first time I'm hearing this. Mm-hmm.
0: To make to make plastics out of
1: <laughs> to make materials materials you can extract the carbon out of the air and. Collect it and make stuff out of it.
0: Oh, cool! That sounds cool.
1: I don't, you know, it it was in a developing stage when I heard about sure. it, so it may never actually become a thing. But it's sure. like they were actually successfully, you know, making progress. on mm-hmm. it, So oh,
0: that's that's dope. I want to yeah. I want to learn more about that. Yeah, I mean, why not? There's many stuff we can do. Um, so we can start to wrap it up. We've been at like like forty five minutes, but we were talking shitty before either like and. I guess, like, I asked what's next, but I guess what are your dreams? Like, what do you, what, what if you can do anything? If somebody's like, hey, here's like four million dollars, four billion dollars, here's all the money, fuck it, don't even put an amount on it. Like, what would you do? What do you, what would you do?
2: (laughs) I'm in that spot right now. I'm talking to a billionaire to fund what we're doing and live that dream that we're living at the moment where I can say that for myself. Yeah. So you're doing it.
1: I mean, through, it it seems that whether it's, you know, like, for him, he's, like, getting these links and making, like, building this platform, but I guess, like, at the end of the day, no matter what, like, we're both gonna be kind of either involved or, like, he's more on the, like, active being the, I don't know how, you, like, a main player in, yeah. in the whole thing, and I don't know what my future is like further down the road, but I know that I'm going to be involved, you know? Yeah. Like that's just where yeah, I Yeah, you feel. will. Hell yeah. And, and the, the, that question I've asked myself many times and really I'm at a point now where if I wanted to just die a happy man, I could make people's dreams come true. You know what I'm saying? Like just grant grant wishes basically or facilitate people going your dream is to go to Paris okay Mm -hmm. like let's make that happen you know like there's no reason why people should be sitting there wishing and if all it takes is a little push to realize that it's possible Mm -hmm. then they're going to be more likely to do it on their own the next time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and that's not just giving things away but facilitating the steps to people achieving their goals because i feel like i'm a very driven person and when i set my mind to something like i'm gonna make it happen Mm -hmm. and i see that there's some people that there's they just need a push they have to literally like they're saying well i don't see i don't see the screen turn it over (laughs) you know what I mean and I do the same thing sometimes you don't see the most obvious solution a word a smile right and Mm -hmm. so someone just has to go Uh. and just flip the script on them and they're like oh shit and they realize that everything that they want to do is actually possible yeah you know what I mean so
0: it is possible
1: I'm possible I'm possible you're possible (laughs) yes you're possible you're possible we're all possible I'm possible
0: no absolutely (laughs) No, you can. not You can do whatever you want to, and it takes a lot. And um, so, just like, I just want to ask one more question. Like, how many times trying to do this, you know, in your attempts, because now you're actually doing it. You're not trying to do this shit. You're doing it. How many times did people tell you no, or you can't do it?
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean the hardest story is actually my mom personally yeah like my mom is a she's a, a beautiful soul but she's way too afraid of things like mm-hmm. I was my younger brother and uh, she always had this every every parent that care um, put this on you but it's that's a lesson for myself as well like if you have children like push them and help them by what they want not what you want for them Mm -hmm. like because they need to find out themselves um a lot of friends like i mean when you're doing things like what we do it is very difficult to put it in words in the beginning it's just thoughts it's ambition and you will always find people there's the term haters i don't really like that it's just that it's it's on you not to prove to them but it's you on using the opportunity to inspire them
0: yeah. And show Ooh, them, inspire the haters.
2: Uh, yeah. I love uh, that you, one. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, that's that's really that's essential. It's not yeah. about being against it or the one day standing there like hey I told you and now you suck. Straight it's up. like still like, hey, do you still want to be part of it? Yeah. Um it's about collaboration and, and pushing each other and helping each other and mm-hmm. if they're like naysayers learn from what they say but ignore the stuff that holds you down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just came up with a word for for that. What is it? Inspirating
0: Inspiration. Inspirating That's a good one. Uh Dear Western Dictionary. Did you hear that? No, I
1: I have published on Urban Dictionary.
0: Is it published?
1: Not that, but other What did you publish on Urban Dictionary? Uh Gastronaut.
0: What's that? <laughs> What's a gastronaut?
1: Gastronaut is uh That is for you, are you serious?
0: Wait, yeah. hold on, first of all for real?
1: Yeah. Are, or, are you serious? Dictionary? Yeah, there's...
0: Gastronaut, how do you spell it? Uh,
1: G-A-S-T-R-O-N-A-U-T. Huh.
2: That word isn't used in, in magazines in Switzerland. In magazines in Switzerland.
1: Uh,
0: Gastronaut? Gastronaut, What yeah. does that mean?
1: Like, for me, the way I meant it was because at the time I was uh, running a restaurant in Schaffhausen and it was uh, a couple that were like the owners Sorry. and they were... They were crazy, man. They just worked like crazy, and the girl was already had her daughter, and she was working every day in that restaurant. And the uh, her partner Patrick was working his job as a like logistics guy still. And then he finally like made the jump and quit. They're doing amazing. Shout out to Patrick and Patricia Schindler. Mm Hi. Um,
0: it's
1: Patrick and Patricia. Patrick and Patricia. Yes. Schindler out in uh, he's doing Cheers. big things out in Zurich. They're meant um, to be. Yeah, he's he's really he's taking off. But yeah, my in my my meaning of it is somebody who's just like dedicated. Like they are in the restaurant industry, okay. and they are like you have to be kind of crazy to work in that industry, yes, and you like you're just basically in outer space sometimes like like gastronaut, gastronaut.
0: <laughs> that's <Yeah>. cool
1: <laughs> and there there's been other inferences of it that people you know that they mean it in a different way uh-huh. but that was my meaning for it so, and then what's the what's the other one here? yeah it was <laughs> uh that i've submitted so many that i i i can't remember uh,
0: I didn't know that that's, how, that's how it worked. <laughs> yeah, just, you have to
1: submit and then they Like approved. a Wikipedia
0: website. right? I know what it is. I just didn't know that, like, how. I didn't realize it was just, like, people like, hey, Gastronaut, this is how you use it. This is a verb. Yeah. This is...
1: Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> um, what was it? It was... um, It was some kind of, like, super... I can't... Oh, man, I can't... had to do with lesbians
2: <laughs> well
1: <laughs> um fuck i can't remember right now
0: um okay what's the word that you're going to enter that you came up with for insperhatin haters. Oh, this is shout out to all my haters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how do you say zuversicht in english Zuversichtung. Yeah, zuversicht. zuversicht oh i don't i
1: don't actually know
2: I have a last thing I would like to say yeah please cheers to all artists hey create faith in people's heart. that's what that's all that matters yeah faithful love and good stuff
0: cheers to that to the artists we're in here together you know that's I why I wanted to do
2: this artists are the messengers for faith
0: strongly. Yeah. yeah yeah is there anything else you want to say
1: um
2: shout
0: out to all Keith. my inspirators <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: shout out to all my inspirators that's all and right. uh there you go right there
0: cool anything you want to say liola um i'm sure there is okay <laughs> that's fine <Yeah. laughs> with that, i want to say thank you that's what i want to say yes, thanks thank for you. coming here and being on my podcast fucking rejects and you guys <laughs> you know we're in this together i'll support you always i'm really inspired by what you're doing and I'm, I am dedicated to the arts, and no matter how many times people tell me no, I'm going to keep going because I don't give a fuck.
2: We'll just do another podcast in, like, two, for years. Yeah. again.
0: Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll talk from the top. We'll talk keep, from the top.
1: Uh, keep getting fucking rejected.
0: Yeah! <laughs> Always. It's my favorite. I love all attention. All right. Um, thank you. Peace out. Fuck you. Reject. Sorry,
1: <laughs> Fuck you, plus one. <laughs> I just made that up. And yeah. And we saw the first
0: time. We <laughs> should have
1: been saying peace. You better copyright
0: that All right. Till next week. no, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah, I'm a fucking yes, reject. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, i am going fucking fuckin' reject. No, 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 no. Yeah, i am a fucking reject.